So, last time we met, the boys, without Kian, became acquainted with Beatrice, Ophelia's younger sister. Ophelia doesn't know about her yet. She's never met her, but she'd like to invite her to her wedding to a fae whose name no one seems to know. But before that, they had to finish up their visit to paradise. Ox said goodbye to Wiley, and mysteriously, Lachlan was returned to the group to fulfill the deal they made with Donna in exchange for the Good Love rail line. A little odd, considering they thought they helped him escape from jail not too long ago. As they left out into the desert, Lachlan decided he was done and walked away from the group. As they discussed what to do about him, he took matters into his own hands and disappeared into the day. Without much else to do, he decided to keep moving forward. Maybe the matter could just end here. Messaged Ophelia to ask for help with Kian and also told her that Beatrice is here with you. She didn't have the power to reply yet, unfortunately, so Ox waits the night in suspense, wondering what Ophelia is going to have to say back to this. Uh, I believe you're all heading to the place that Henry marked on the map where you last lost Kian. Right. Is your little snake pointing to the same place that we lost Kian the first time, or is it a different direction? I mean, I think that was up to whatever Henry and him discussed, but it seemed like we're going in that direction. Then you take the lead, Henry? How far of a journey was it? It's a few days. With the help of Henry's map and this face snake at your side, you can confidently ride quickly over the desert. On that first night, Ox, pretty much at the moment of sunrise, are you awake? Yeah, he's awake. You finally receive your reply from Ophelia as a new day begins. Don't know, sister. Not interested in meeting family. Sorry they bothered you. Arrived in somewhere yesterday, writing to you. Feywild's quite dangerous. Prepare, rest well. The message ends. Is anybody else awake? I'm sure Beatrice is probably awake. She doesn't need yeah. that much sleep. Okay. We'll meet in the Feywilds, right? There's a short pause. Figured something out. Can meet you on this plane. Go to where you last saw Kian. Okay. We'll meet you in the desert where we last saw Kian. You don't hear from Ophelia again uh, over the next couple days. Next day, passes by easily. Set up watch. Virgil, did you want to take first watch? Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. I'll settle down. Beatrice can be arranged wherever, but we do have two elves now, so. Yeah. Do you want to take first watch with me? Sure. Cool. Virgil sets up by the fire, like his back up against Orna and sits flipping through some of his magic books and going back and forth between that and his journal, scribbling down some stuff. And he'll look across the fire at Beatrice. I'm sort of new to this whole magic thing. Can I ask 
what you use for your arcane focus? Is that rude? That's perfectly fine. Um, I use... And she like pulls at the chatelaine on her belt and takes the tatting shuttle off, which is an ovular shaped object um, that has some thread on it. And it's used for making lace. I had this before I really figured out magic. I mean, I've always kind of known that I had access to magic, but I started working with thread and stuff first, so. So you were able to channel through that then? With my magic at least, I'm not really sure. Are you studying? Are you? Uh, yes, I've begun. I've not gotten too deep into it, but so can the focus be anything then? Or does it have to be something special to you? I mean, I think it helps if it's special to you. I honestly have no idea about book magics. Wizardry. I never had to study, so maybe it's a little bit different. Right. Thank you. Something to consider. I think you can try different things out. See what works best. I suppose no time like the present, then. He sits and, like, flips back through his journal to an earlier page, and as he, like, leans forward over his book, he, like, tucks his hair behind one ear so he can see better. Okay. Um, cantrips are easiest, right? That is... The... Pretty standard. Works. Okay. He'll take his earring out and hold it with his palm open, just resting in the center of his hand. Here goes nothing. And he'll try and cast shape water and try and draw some out of his traveling flask. What does it look like? He At first he's not quite sure what to do with the like, somatic gesture. For a moment he struggles. And then like, he changes the positioning of his fingers and it's almost as if he's drawing, holding some sort of pen or pencil. And when he gestures the next time it flows smoothly out mm -hmm. of the flask and forms a little water bubble in the air. And he looks almost shocked that it worked. Okay. The earring closed slightly as well as you <laughs> activate the spell. Is that the first time you've cast that spell? Any spell, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he just sits and like manipulates it for a while and draws it in little snakes of water, like, through the air. <laughs> I didn't expect that to work. I mean, it looks like you've taken some notes. Yes, some. The last few days I've been sort of copying down some things in these books. There's not much, but enough to get me started. Was it like this for you when you first started casting? Did it come this quickly? To be honest, so all very gradual. I was quite young and I don't think I was really encouraged to cast magic all the time. There was a time and place. I think it's quite different what you're doing. Suppose I'll just practice for a while. And he just sits there mesmerized by his own little strand of water for a while after that. Yeah, you mm -hmm. spend the rest of your watch 
perhaps not doing the best job being on watch as you practice your magic. That's what Beatrice is for. She's paying attention, right? Doing a great job, guys. We're so safe. Without really any trouble, you all managed to arrive at that same outcropping. Let's see, I'll have just one of you. Who's in the lead, Henry? Yes. Henry. Why don't you just roll a d4? Four? Okay, then you arrive pretty late at night. It would be a little bit past the time you would normally be stopping to, to sleep, uh, but knowing that you were close, you were able to just keep going till you get to that, that outcropping that rises above the desert. There is a small glowing flickering light at the base of the rock that you can see from a bit of a distance. And as you get closer, you can see the shadowed outline of a person waiting there. Uh, the figure stands up a little taller as you get closer. And Henry, as the person in the front, you can tell first that it's Ophelia. She raises a hand, waves at you, and gestures you all over. I think Beatrice just stays towards the back. Henry would be enthusiastically waved back. <laughs> An obvious, friendly wave. I think right before they start to pick up the pace with Henry's lead, Ox will lean in to Beatrice and I mentioned to her that you were here, but she, uh, he looks kind of nervous as he's saying it. Well, she didn't say I'm too interested. Oh. Well, I mean, you'll meet her anyways, because there's not really any avoiding it. And she'll have to meet you anyways. I can stay towards the back, I guess. I don't think it's wrong for you to want to meet her. I hope not, but she also gets to decide. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe if I talk to her a little bit, she might be a little more open to it. She nods. She looks a little bit sad, but also she's kind of trying to like glance over and catch a better glimpse of Ophelia as they're having this conversation. So Henry, as you approach Ophelia, she's wearing much more of a drab outfit than what you are accustomed to seeing her in. A simple cream colored shift brown overdress and a dark cloak. She's looking up at you with a puzzled expression and past you to the others who are lagging behind. Hello, is there someone else with you? When you say someone else with us, do you mean the lack of Kian, or...? I mean, if you found Kian, that's wonderful, but I would have thought I would have been informed. Who is that? Yes, well, uh, this is the person that Ox mentioned, the person claiming to be your sister. Uh, somehow, by some means, she managed to find us, I believe by means of Ox's name. Uh, really, it's almost... Look, she seems very nice. If, uh... If perhaps a bit naive, um, if he's, she's getting married to a fae, I mean, if I might not be too presumptuous, she's going to go and live in the fae wilds essentially forever. Yes, I know I how be... it works, you don't have to explain it to me. All I'm saying is, I completely understand why you've run away from all of that. I would do the same. Uh, I... She... She's been looking up at you this, this whole time. She just crosses her arms. Would you get down from your horse, please? Right, yes, of course. He dismounts. You can tie it up over there, and she points over to... There's a 
a bit of rock that sort of sticks out a little bit where she's wrapped the rope of her own horse around. Her horse looks to be, I mean, I, you're not a horse kid, Henry, from what I understand, but you can tell that this is a, a fancy steed. Um, it kind of looks like a racehorse, the kind that you would pay like top gold for. It's a, a pure white. She just gestures over to it. Just over there. I'll... I know this is not your fault. I did tell Ox I was not interested. Yes, unfortunately, we couldn't cast her out into the desert, uh, given that we were already... Yes, I understand. Yes. <laughs> she is supposed to be coming with us to somewhere, just uh, as a, a prior mention, but you know... We'll see. I'll tie up my horse. I'll be back. She just stands there in front of the fire and, and watches <laughs> as the three of you approach. Beatrice, she is lagging behind. I don't know, ten feet away. Oh, Ox. If looks could kill, Ox. Oh, yeah. Ox, Ox knew he was walking into that. <laughs> Ophelia has not moved from the straight-backed, arms-crossed position that Henry left her in. She just glares up at you, Ox, then just gestures over to where Henry's hitching up his horse. Um, I figure Ox was riding Kean's mount, Clementine, because they have an extra. Oh yeah, is I thought Beatrice was riding Clementine. Or, no, she. Yeah, she, had she her also own. has. Yeah. Oh, that's I think right. I, she has a horse. Yeah, a, a white horse. Yeah. I so think is Clementine. how I yeah. described I think, it. Yeah, I think so. so. I, I think Perfect. he's been borrowing Clementine. That's right. Okay. So he dismounts and will sheepishly walk over to uh, hook up her her lead to the rock. And she nods at Virgil. Hello. Good to see you safe. She looks over at Beatrice. She is sitting on the horse, and she gives like a tiny little wave. Frida gives Beatrice a sort of smirk of a smile, waves back. So who are you? My name's Beatrice. Really? It is. I've been looking for you for an awfully long time. I was hoping that I could meet you before I got married. Is it you, Aunt Rosalind? No. You... I... I... Do you want to cast a spell? I promise. It's me. I don't know who you are. I know, I've never met you. I was born just a few years after you left. Well, she looks to the rest of you and then back. I'm a little preoccupied right now, and whatever it is you have to ask of me, I'm afraid I don't have much time. So, I apologize for wasting yours, but I'm going to have to ask you to go back home. I'm not going to go home right now. I can help. I I know some things. And maybe we can have a chance to talk while we're helping find your friend. She sighs heavily. Don't need your help. No, that's definitely a lie. Not necessarily that it's a help is necessary. What I'm saying is I'd much rather have five hands if we end up in a uh, violent conflict with a fae. So, 
Look, you don't have to be good friends or even necessarily talk to each other once we're done, but could we perhaps focus on the saving Kian aspect and then we can have family drama? What if we focus on the saving Kian aspect and then afterwards we don't have any family drama and you just go? And if you want to join in, sure, why not? Go ahead, but I'm not going to owe you anything after this. I'm not expecting you to owe me anything. If... If you want me to leave after, I'll do that, I promise. I've come an awfully long way, and if you'll just hear me out, I would love to know you. Yeah. Looks over at Ox, a little more questioningly now, and then back. All right. Well, I assume you'd all like to rest for the night and then perhaps head out in the morning. It's good this is the right spot. I was able to sort of triangulate a place where the veil is more thin. Oh, you'll see tomorrow. We do appreciate you coming all this way. Of course. I can take a watch if you'd like. It's good to see you all again. Um, she just shrugs, <laughs> sits back down. I'll sit up with you for a while and tell you more about what we encountered. I would appreciate that. She pointedly will not look at Beatrice. Yeah. <laughs> will she look at Ox? She'll look at Ox. But not in, in the way he would like. Not in the way he would like. Yeah. No. Beatrice is like not looking away. She just like can't keep her eyes off of Ophelia. Ophelia just settles back down in the sort of sandy soil. Looks out over the, the desert. Pats at the ground for Virgil to sit down next to her. He obeys, <laughs> and he will spend a few minutes just telling her in military detail about what we faced and what it can do, to the best of our knowledge. Yeah, she, she listens closely. I don't know if I can necessarily get us exactly to where this creature or, or being is, but as long as we're in, well... Are you going to have to contact this Fae thing? To get us across? Is that what we're asking of you? Which Fae thing? The, the fiancé. She stares at Virgil for a moment and then just sort of crumples, hides her face in her hands. So she told you about all that? She told us some. don't have to contact them. They will probably notice. It's alright. They won't try anything weird, will they? No. I don't think so. I only asked because it would be good to know if we are facing one fair or two. I don't think you have to worry about that. They're not... It'll be alright. I don't particularly want them to know my whereabouts, but you don't have to worry. And at this point, I'm sure they have something else figured out. As far as marriages go, glances over at Beatrice for the, for the first time. <laughs> this all seems like a very messy way of gaining magic, if I may say. Well, we've got a bit of messy history, my family. But again, don't worry about it. We'll get in. 
and it's almost spring now, so, well, we don't have to worry about seeing the, uh, the family I'm worried about. So it'll be fine. I'm glad to hear it. Yes. She just falls silent for the rest of your watch. I think Ox will uh, swap places with her. He gets up a little bit before she goes to bed, but uh, he'll kind of walk around like the perimeter of their camp, smoking, uh, he'll chain smoke three cigarettes. <laughs> oh, honey. And uh, then once she's settled in for the night, he'll come sit next to Virgil by the fire if he's still awake. Yeah. You, uh, you talk to Ophelia? Some, yes. She's understandably a little tense. Yeah, I knew she would be. You seem so as well. You alright? Yeah, well, she, uh, she told me she wasn't really interested in Beatrice, and I kept it to myself because I didn't really want to upset Beatrice and well I think it's only fair that Beatrice gets to meet Ophelia at least once and Ophelia can decide after that what she wants to do but yeah at least this way they each have a chance yeah better that than not yeah family is important sometimes he looks nervous as he says it Sometimes. You know, she won't be mad at you forever. I don't actually think she's mad at you, just frustrated with the situation. I know she'll, uh, she'll get over it eventually, and, but, uh, he kind of shakes his head a little. Guess I'm just kind of nervous about this and the sisters meeting and trying to get Keen back and I've been missing him. So have I. It's been a lot quieter, which... Not great. At least for me. Ox will scoot a little closer to Virgil and kind of bump shoulders with him. Virgil will allow this. He won't send his sentinel. (laughs) Well, maybe with five of us, it'll be okay. We'll get them back. Ox nods and kind of leads on Virgil a little bit, if he'll allow it. He'll just sit there with his journal open, just absently writing notes. Ox will glance over. You can see he's making comments in the margins on what looks like a spell of some kind. But he's making notes about different situations it might be useful in, the casting time, what components he needs to find for it, stuff like that. After a couple of hours, Virgil will leave Ox. Do you want me to wake Henry? Or do you want a bit of time? Ox kind of smiles a little bit. I'll wake him in a little bit. Let him sleep. Alright. Don't go through that whole pack tonight. Ox was taking out another cigarette as you say that. We still have to make it back to civilization. Yeah, well, then I can refill. So make that last. He lights up his cigarette as you leave him with that. 
next day, sun rises. It's already pretty warm. At sunrise, Ophelia already has her, her cloak on, hood up over her face. Beatrice, I assume, is protecting herself in a similar fashion. So do you all need to have breakfast or something, or are you ready to just go? I'd rather not waste any more time, if it's all the same to you. I think we should probably eat breakfast before we go into the Feywild, especially considering we already know that time is different there. About that, with, well, two of us here, we'll sort of help balance it out. We're pretty connected. So don't worry too much about that. There might be some discrepancies, but nothing too dramatic, supposedly. Oh, well, as long as that's taken care of, then I suppose I'll be all right. Time is of the essence. So, she glances over at Ophelia. So how are you planning on getting us there? Well, she reaches into a, a pouch pocket in her cloak and pulls out just this little, like a clear quartz cube. Uh, you see sigils on each side of it. I have this. It, um creates a gate, a portal. I was supposed to use it for something else, but I didn't, and it has been completely unused since then, which is good, because I'm pretty sure it only works once. We'll just use this to get through. Well, uh, what about getting back? Yes. I will have to get some help with that. <laughs> it's it's all right. I have been in many debts before, and I have paid back many debts before. This will just be another one. Besides, I'm sure we'll, we'll have more options once we're inside for getting outside. I'm quite confident we'll be able to leave. It's getting there that's the difficult part. Right. Well, shall we? Holds it up. So... She holds it up and Feli flies up from her shoulder and zips in the air ahead of her for a little bit and then stops seemingly randomly and hovers one place above the ground. Ophelia walks over and then palms the basically little dice that she's holding, flips it over and presses down with her thumb on one of the sigils on the side. The ground below her appears to open up to a black, inky void, and she vanishes. Well, shall we go? Let's. And Beatrice jumps in. We'll follow those straw girls. Oxa kind of hesitates at the edge for a second and nervously looks down before he'll follow. There's a moment where you feel lost in this in this void it's not all just darkness though you can see stars all around you it's almost mimicking the feeling of when you you fell into the or jumped into the river before you lost kian but this lasts a little longer and you have no control here and you just fall ox the the amount of stars here are almost blinding, like you can see all of them at once. And there is a, a beauty to it. 
but it's not pleasant. Uh, it's deeply existentially frightening yeah. in this space. Henry, you recall the feeling of being cursed as you fall through this space and you feel that same pain creeping up your body further, up your back and shoulders, like there are hands wrapping around you. Virgil, for a moment you see an orchard, orange trees, and it's pleasant for a moment until they're drowning and you are as well. Beatrice, it's quite nice here. This is exciting. Kind of feel like you're at home. But it does last quite a while. And then you all see a door and it opens and you float through and find yourself walking out on a mossy hillside. The ground below you is almost marshy, extremely soft. Uh, water wells up with the mud every step you take as you step out from this, this knoll in the hill. See Ophelia is just a few feet ahead of you, looking back a bit anxiously. There's a, a sharp pine smell in the air. The light around you is early morning, white, yellow sunlight that's broken up by the dome of branches above you. Uh, huge trees that just tower over this small hill that you're on. All of them are, are pines with very fragrant long green needles and wide trunks that have a, a sort of peeling red bark that, as you look closer, looks less and less like bark and more and more uncannily like flesh. So as long as you don't look at those, you should be fine. Great. Felia beckons you all to step away from the door, and as you do so, it vanishes behind you. It's beautiful here. Except for that bit. And that bit. I mean, I think... Isn't it fascinating? I suppose, in a sense. Kind of in, like, a terrifying way? Yeah. <laughs> Can't believe I'm saying this. I think I preferred the first method we got here. Uh, your snake, is it pointing in a direction? I don't think he knows anything about your friend. All right. He was just helping me find my sister. She kind of glances over. Sorry about that, by the way. It's all right. This sounds like it's not where you lost Kian. Right? You said there was a river you were still in the desert. And a dam of sorts? A pit? Well, forward then. How do we know which way is forward? We'll just have to find someone and get some guidance. Right. Do you know anybody that could be helpful? Sort of. We'll come across the courts at some point. Fey Wilds aren't really as vast as people think, you know, nowadays and all. I've never actually been here before. 
Hopefully they won't be mad if I meet them before the wedding. Well, you're not marrying into the Supreme Court, are you? No. Then you're fine. Don't worry about it. If we just go, we'll come across someone of interest. Okay, so we find someone and ask directions. Easy. Yeah, you walk on through these strange woods. The ground dries slightly as you move forward. The air here is is clean and fresh and nothing like the crackling dryness of the desert that you just left. It's hard to find your, your bearings here. With the amount of branches blocking the light, you can't exactly tell where the sun is in the sky. After not too long, though, you do see some movement ahead in one of the trees. It moves a little more. And you see some of the roots on the ground below you sort of shake a bit and slither and pull themselves out of the ground. And the tree in front of you begins to take a little more of a, a bestial form. The branches bend and and snap. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Damn girl! The branches, the branches bend and snap. At first, you almost think there's a dragon in front of you, but it's not quite as not quite as solid, not quite as strong and powerful as you would expect a dragon in the Feywilds to be. But the trunks seem to take the form of a body. The branches weave themselves around each other into the shape of a head. There's a vague form of legs, claws, and an outline of an eye in twigs and needles that turn toward all of you as this sort of draconic treant stares down at all of you. Good afternoon, or evening, or, well, whatever time it is you perceive this hour to be. Well, I suppose I should be more polite in asking what language you would prefer to converse in. <laughs> what language are you speaking in? Uh, Scrody just learned it. He'll start with Sylv. Okay. It looks at you for a long moment. Pine needles falling all around you every time it moves. This is good. Excellent. Who are you? Why, my name is Henry, and... I and my friends here are, seem to be a little bit on the lost side. Uh, we have a friend who had an unfortunate bit of a mishap with uh, some sort of a lake entity, fay, if you will, or river. It's got a desert area and a dam. It's a piece of the material plane that was pulled into the Feywilds. I know of what you speak. She came through recently. I tire of visitors. Then I won't take up too much of your time. If you could simply point us in the correct direction, we will take the unwanted visitor that is our friend and depart both he and ourselves from your plane as quickly as possible. It's hard to read expressions in this sort of branchy outline, but there is a faint hint of the curl of a smile in the the shape of the branches above you and it turns and just looks down at a mess of of roots in one of the the smaller trees you see a offshooting sort of sapling coming from one of them use that 
Henry will approach the sapling. Beatrice follows close behind. What does it, what does it look like? Make a perception check. Both all. Okay, your surroundings all have a beat perception. 16. I'm also joining this party, but with investigation, 19. 19. Okay. Walk up to this sapling. It is indeed a little, a little baby pine tree. The shape of the roots around it that it's an offshoot of is a little bit strange, though. And as you approach, it kind of looks like, like a hand, almost, tightening around the base of the sapling. Henry, as you sort of follow this unusual formation in the roots, you realize it it does look vaguely humanoid. Like a sunken figure in the ground here, holding on to the base of this sapling. But then if you lose focus slightly, it looks again like roots. If Henry is to go and gently take the base of the sapling, mm -hmm. how does this cluster respond, if at all? There's just a slight movement. Accompanying the movement is a sort of creaking groan, not unlike what you would hear if a heavy wind blew through the forest. What exactly are you up to over there, friend? Henry will switch back to common for Virgil. <laughs> Thanks. Just getting a tool. Just give me one moment, all right? And he'll- Are you supposed to ask or anything? I already did. Well, I think maybe it would be a good idea to ask the tool itself, or perhaps the creature holding it. Are you a creature? I think she says that in Sylvan. The treant turns to look at you, Beatrice, as you speak. Yes? Is that you? Nods. Ah, so we can use this. Nods again. Should I just take it out of the ground? Nods again. She just does so. There's another loud creak through the woods as you do so. And the treant watches. That will take you wherever you wish. That's very generous of you. I'm very generous. Yes, indeed. She, like, ruffles through her pocket say that she has like little bits of lace that she's made that are finished like samples mm -hmm. of work place it in the place where the sapling was there's a silence in the woods as you do that the treant freezes for a moment people often come wishing for things but very rarely leave anything what is this well it just seemed like you'd want something in return it's not the same, but if you'd like it, you can have it. Nods. Thank you very much for the assistance. As promised, we'll go on ahead and grab our friend. You, Beatrice, you know what this is, or have heard of these before. Divining rods, dowsing rods. Though often they are carved, this one is completely naturally formed, just from the shape of the sapling itself, like a rather straight trunk and then just two branches off to the side, like little handles that you can hold. You seem to like being in the lead. Do you know how to use a dowsing rod at all? Well, I can't say I'm personally familiar with using a dowsing rod, 
But... If you can look out for things, and I can point us in the direction. She glances at Ophelia. Or if you're good at both things. No, I think the two of us working together, I, it would be a perfect, you know, a Virgil could use company in towards the back. Ophelia, don't want to forget that. You should give it to Henry. Okay. She passes it over and kind of looks down at the ground. Who is who is next to Ophelia right now? I guess Virgil. He was, <laughs> okay. he was volunteered. And quietly, Ophelia's gonna sort of like lean into Virgil with like the hint of a sly smile on her face. She shrugs. No idea what the hell that thing is going to do. Do you think it's actually going to hurt him? Shrugs again. Okay. <laughs> also, Henry dear. Maybe we shouldn't give our names to creatures that we don't know. Well, you know, first names are very... Don't worry. Are you certain? Yes. Okay. Insight check. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he says. Ooh, 20. Natural 20? No. Oh. It's dirty. I also want to roll an insight check. Why not? Teen. He seems a little bit uncertain, but less so uncertain about the answer and more perhaps uncertain towards the dowsing rod, which he is in the process of examining while having this conversation. Though, despite the tone of the yes, does not seem particularly plussed for Henry. Okay. It's just, you know, I've read a few things and giving your name to a phase usually frowned upon as unwise but what do i know they didn't ask for it so it might be fine look you have to understand i was simply thinking as a show of a goodwill and besides it's only the first name and it's not like it was mine well it's a less important name all things considered don't worry all right it's probably all right it's just the first name. Alright. <clears throat> May I roll for her big gnome with the dowsing rod? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How to douse this rod? Arcana? Arcana. 19. These are not common items and are generally assumed to be a little more of a superstition than a legitimate form of magic. Some people swear by them, some more practiced in more like fae-related magics say that they can create them. I think, Henry, if you have seen one of these, it would be at like a stall at some sort of fair or something like that. So, at least in the material plane, they're not necessarily known to be trustworthy, but they are associated with fey magics. And supposedly, if it is as imbued with magic as it's as it needs to be, you just have to hold like one hand on each of the sort of handles of the dowsing rod and think about what you want it to guide you towards, and it will lead you there. 
That's what the legend says, anyway. Henry will then take the two handle-like pieces of the sapling, at step forward from the group, and think thoughts of Keen. <laughs> you start to step forward, take another step. It feels right. Every step you take just seems like it's the correct way to go. You know, you don't have a vision of where you're heading. You don't know where you are now. But it it fills you with a, a confidence, and we all know that Henry really lacks in confidence. The only thing that seems like it could be slightly off here, it almost feels like the the roots and the ground around you are gripping onto your boots every step you take. Not hard enough to keep you from moving forward, but you sort of have to like wrench your feet out of, you know, hooked roots and little sinkholes. So it's not easy going. All right, well, I think I've got a bit of a feel for it. So if you all be so kind as to follow along behind me, perhaps keep an eye out, uh, as Beatrice suggested, uh, for anything unusual, while I might be a little bit uh, distracted. Not entirely distracted, mind you, just a little bit. Well, so long as it's only a little. Henry will take the lead. <laughs> so what's the marching order? I guess I'm in the back with Ophelia. <laughs> I have no choice. <laughs> My government assigned spot yeah, in the party. That's... Where else would you be, Virgil? I'd say you kind of noticed that Ox has been a little put out with Ophelia's mood. Yeah, I think she has been noticing this. And she'll glance between the two, kind of whisper. I'm really sorry if I put you in a bad place. It wasn't my intention. Ox shakes his head. I know you didn't mean any harm by it or anything. But, uh, I was hoping maybe she'd come around to it. Well, I mean, all you did is tell her I was here. It's not like, I mean, you could have stopped me. Yeah, but what were we gonna do? Just throw you out in the middle of the desert? I hoped you wouldn't do that, but you could have. So I appreciate it, and it seems like you two know each other from before, so I doubt it will last for too long. Ox gives a little smile. It's okay, we'll do so wonderfully helping your friend that everything will smooth over. He nods again. Here, Keen. And then he kind of <laughs> gets a distant look in his eyes. <laughs> also being sad, thinking about Kian. I don't, I don't think she has to roll any sight check for that one. She'll just kind of look down for a second and kind of pat him on the shoulder. Oh, well, it's all going to be fine between you two. We'll get him back. And, I mean, it's a little bit romantic saving someone from a fae, don't you think? You see Ox's right ear twitch a little <laughs> at this. Yeah, I guess it is a little romantic to come back for somebody. I guess I've never really had anybody to do that for other than Wiley, but there wasn't much I could do about him and his situation, so 
kiss the next best thing is helping Keen out. I'm sure it will work out splendidly for you. He smiles again and looks over to her. You, uh, have you ever been with someone romantically other than your fiance? Henry Tempest, good love here. If you'd be so kind as to give me a minute of your time, I've got something I need to tell you. First off, thank you for listening to Spare the Crying. Your support really is appreciated. And speaking of, when you're done here, why not leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube streams? And if you're so inclined, we even have a Discord server where you can discuss the story so far or talk about your own TTRPG adventures. Now, for some credit where it's due, our background music is by Merica Shans, and the intro music is by Ben McElroy. Not to mention our official artwork is from our very own Corey, at Queen on Twitter. I can't begin to tell you how pleased I am that so many people have tuned into our adventures, and for those who keep coming back, until next time. She kind of, as they're having this conversation, what, has anything changed with Henry? It's just like Henry's staring at just, the stick. Henry's just, yes, like Henry is just walking forward. The pace is a bit slow because he's kind of stumbling a little bit as he goes, but. Yes, he's stumbling, but he's also trying to look like he's not stumbling. <laughs> Please roll, let's say, dexterity. Just a straight dexterity roll. Don't fuck it up. Could be kind of humiliating. Yeah, it would be kind of humiliating. Fifteen. You're you're stumbling a tiny bit, but it is a untread path that you're on, so it doesn't look too humiliating. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Well, I guess it wasn't set in stone when I was born, but it's always what was expected of me, and. Then I truly decided when I was about, this would be 40 or so years ago. So, that's all I really had. I guess it's a bit romantic, if you think about it. But not in the same way that, well, I'm assuming you're talking about. Uh, I guess I wasn't really expecting that answer, but did you, uh, did you read a lot of books growing up? Of course. Always loved fairy tales. Ox smiles a little as he looks around at their surroundings. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think it gets much more fairy tale than being in the Feywilds. Kind of feels like I get to live out a story, and I'm sure it might not all be good, but I have faith. He nods. And gives her a little pat on the shoulder as well. Well, I hope things work out for you. I'm sure they will. I'll find my ways. Itzia pokes 
set out from underneath your cloak and sort of unwinds from this little hiding spot under there just to drape around your neck outside of the fabric and looks up at Ox. The tongue flicks in and out. There's a gentle hiss, a loving hiss. A loving hiss. Yeah. We're kind of going into this. We've already done the work. We've decided we're going to get married and we both need it to work out for us. So we'll make it work and hopefully we'll fall in love. And if we don't, we'll be in the Feywild and have connections to the Summer Court. So it's not going to be bad for me. Ox looks a little puzzled the more you speak about it. Well, I understand what you and your family are getting from this union, but what about your fiance? Yeah, Ophelia's actually been, though hanging back with Virgil, Virgil, you can see, has been listening very closely into this conversation, watching the two of them. She has her her drab cloak on, her unusually drab cloak on, pulled very low over her face, but you could tell she's she's interested. She's invested in what Beatrice is saying, and it sort of reacts along with it, like shaking her head or, or nodding. And as Beatrice pauses at that question, we're basically a peace treaty. Our families didn't get along in the past. There was some fighting. It's a long story. I'm surprised you want to be involved in it. She looks over to you, Beatrice. Well, it'll be worse for a lot of people if I'm not. So they're adults. They don't need to trade their children back and forth to maintain peace. I'm happy to do it. I know, or well, I assume you weren't. I don't know a whole lot. I tried to figure it out. Everybody's fairly hush-hush about the whole thing. But for me, it was always an option. It seems like a nice one. The Feywilds, like she kind of looks around. I think they're beautiful, don't you? I wouldn't mind living here and it's not like I won't get a bit of power from the whole situation. I don't really know what I'd be doing if I stayed at home. You realize you're literally born for the purpose of marrying someone, yes? Is that such a bad purpose? She just shakes her head. I hope the two of you are very happy with each other. We will be. I hope you are, really. I didn't mean to push the responsibility on someone else. Well, somebody would have had to do it. Well, my hope was that nobody was going to have to do it, but I should have considered that they would come up with this option. Well, somebody has to, or we will get cursed. She shrugs. They could just not curse us. I guess. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I mean, we're just perpetuating this thing as if it's actually a necessity when it's not. They don't need us, Ox, to answer your question. They don't get anything out of it. It's just a power play. And I hope truly, Beatrice, that 
whoever your betrothed is, is good to you and that it doesn't feel like you're just being traded around. But you are. No matter how you feel, you are. Sure. I know. But at least I'm making the best out of the situation. Right. And I don't mind it. Truly. But someone's going to have to. Or someone's going to get hurt. In the whole renegotiation, so... Why not me? Lydia just shakes her head. Fall silent. I think Beatrice kind of looks like curiously at her. And then looks back ahead towards Henry. Still Still tromping along. Tromping along. <laughs> Gracefully. Uh-huh. Does the landscape seem to change at all? You look around. It is unchanging. It seems like a very big forest. You haven't necessarily seen a landmark to differentiate. It just feels vast. Beatrice will stare towards the right as mm -hmm. they're walking mm -hmm. and just watch the trees and look for like knots in the in the tree trunks. Anything that would differentiate each tree from each other and see if there's any patterns. Okay. Perception? Investigation? I'd say this could be investigation. <laughs> that is a five. <laughs> the trees are very knotted. It's almost like you have too many markers to look at. These are, are twisting pines. The bark is very papery and peeling and textured. So every tree is unimaginably unique. It's a bit hard to keep track. But the day passes on, the sunlight changes slightly. You're still in this wood. I will let you know just because you're on the lookout. It does seem like the dowsing rod is a little bit bigger. Maybe a small new branch. Looks like it has grown out of the end. The you know forward-facing end as Henry keeps walking, and Henry, if you take a little peek at your at your dowsing rod, you notice that as well. I think as she notices this, and she's been perhaps a little distracted as she was looking around. Like mm -hmm. everything just looks beautiful and unique to her, and she'll kind of glance to the left instead of always staring at the right. When she notices that, she'll look over to Ophelia. Seems like you might have a bit more experience than I do. Do you think it should be doing that? Doing what? And it's bigger now. It's growing. Is that a good sign? I... Henry? Yes, I'm assuming you're referring to the extra branch. Does it feel, I don't know, bad in some way? Frankly, it doesn't feel any different. I don't know exactly how it's supposed to feel like, given that these don't uh, work necessarily on the material plane. Uh, this really is the first time any one of these has done uh, anything, um, I think. And I would assume it would be stronger as we got closer or more correct, but there's not really been any sort of a difference. 
I'm not sure. Two things. Have we been walking straight? The like winding trunks the are huge. There's giant roots, you know, rising up from the ground in tangled masses. There is no straight path through these woods. What happens if you point it back the way that we came? I can give it a try. And so he does. You turn around and point it back the way you came and take a step forward. And you're filled with that feeling of confidence that this is the right direction you're going. Oh my god. It is uncomfortably similar. So are you just growing a tree as we go? Is that what's happening here? Should I even waste a spell slot to cast Detect Magic? Or shall we give this one up? Don't waste it. I'm pretty sure everything is going to be magic, given our location. Perhaps it would help if we actually knew what it did. Would identify work in this sort of case? I can try. Though, I, I'm afraid. She reaches for the pouch at her side and then stops. I can't cast it, actually. Sorry. Oh. It didn't seem like the most important. No, no, no. It's all right. It's not your fault at all. Did something happen? I sold my pearl and I sort of need it ah. to cast the spell. Oh, that's all right. So we have a magic tree. We could always just ask somebody else. But it didn't go well the first time, clearly. They just wanted us to be away. Besides, I, I think they were trying their best. It's possible they're just not into uh, tracking magics. Can if... I hold it for a second? Uh, of course. Henry will pass it over. You try to take it from Henry's hand. Oh no. Oh no. You hear a, a cracking sound. And Henry, you feel like a, a tug at, at your arm as Beatrice takes it. And like... you realize it has sort of grown into the palm of your left hand. And now has a, a small break in it from when Beatrice tried to pull it away. Ah, oh, that's not good, is it? No, didn't you pick that up from a body in the ground? Doesn't bode well, does it? <laughs> yeah, it kind of did look like a body in the ground, didn't it? Look, I didn't think it was a body in the ground. All right, because I'm neither in the ground nor a, a corpse. Well, not yet. Do you want me to cut the tree off your hand, or are we going to wait until I have to take the hand? No, just go ahead and do your cutting business. Okay, hold still, good love. And he will very cautiously take the tree, like, as close to the, like, skin as he can. Mm -hmm. It's very thin. It's a sapling. Okay, cool. It doesn't hurt. And does there seem to be, like, any roots under his skin if I take a closer look? <laughs> is it just going to grow back? There is a bit of texture to Henry's palm. Feels a bit tree-ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news is you have more time. The bad news is I think it is still probably in there. Henry, did you collect another curse? No. Do you collect curses? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't say collecting them is hobby. It's just there's one already. I'm not particularly worried about it, all right? It's fine. 
Insight. <laughs> It's a nat 20. Oh! Poke face. It's fine. It's fine. Oxbow lives in. Wow. Well, seeing as that was a complete disaster, shall we just move in a direction until we get out of these woods? That works for me. Might be the best way to help you if you're not close to the trees. I can imagine, yes. Sure. I apologize that I didn't take it. Ugh. No, I mean, it's probably for the best anyways. If you notice that growing as we go, just let me know and we'll keep it at bay. You all carry on a little further. You reach the edge of these woods at the edge of nightfall. You can see the colors of the sunset just starting to fade into darkness in the sky and more stars than you've ever seen in your life. It's almost like you can see all of them at once. You can see all three of the moons, though Orna, the green moon, is actually supposed to be the one just almost reaching its zenith. It's beautiful, if a bit distracting. Ophelia stops. So at the edge of of a field, overlooking a a much more tame appearing um, wood before you and glances back. I certainly feel safer out of there. Beatrice looks towards Vizia. Do you think it's a good place? Vizia raises his head and glances around. Dips his head. Looks like a wonderful place. Okay, let's set up some watches then. Beatrice finds a nice little clearing in the meadow and You've probably seen her do this before, because it's been multiple nights, but she actually pulls out a very plush bedroll, all purple velvet pillows. She goes and like sits down. I'm very tired, but I can take a quick rest and then swap out. I would prefer to take first watch anyways, if you don't mind. How's that going for you? The hand? How's it going? (laughs) How is it, Daddy? It still has that strange texture to it. You can't quite tell if it's grown a little bit or if you're just paranoid. Oh, definitely at a stage where I'd still like to do a little bit of monitoring, you know, enough time for a watch. Well, someone should stay up with him. I can sit up with you, keep an eye on it. All right. I'll stay up as well. I feel like one of us should be. I'll take a second. Perfect. Yeah, she'll sit down. Face opposite direction of whatever direction you two are facing. Yeah. Ox, as you're all settling down for for camp and getting ready to rest, Mm -hmm. you look up at this endless starry sky. One of them stands out to you. You know, like most people, where the North Star is in the sky. It's the brightest star. It can be seen at all times of the year from anywhere on the continent. It's not long before your eyes land on that spot. It looks different here. It's sort of a a dim, dark, almost black red. It's still just as, as large, but less of a shining light and more of a, a hole or a void. Unlike its surroundings, 
it fills you with unease. Besides that, Feywild Sky, quite gorgeous. Looks toward the sky, fallen pretty quiet as he goes about his normal routine, getting ready for bed. He cleans his gun and kind of seems like he's more meticulous about it. He sort of lingers with it for a while before he puts it away, not without his restless tossing and turning. At some point, roughly four hours later, well, one thing first. Are you actually all right or are you just pretending? I mean, I'm all right on a physical sense, at least for the time being. I don't really feel any different other than the fact that it's an unusual sensation. Admittedly, I do feel a little bit uh, silly. Um, I admit it is perhaps the most embarrassing way. Okay, maybe not the most embarrassing, but one of. Look, the Feywild is very different than encountering Fey in the material plane. Uh, playing entirely by their rules is not really my preferred uh, methodology. So you like to cheat? No. But there are... It just There's a lot of cards stacked against non-Fey in a Fey place. Whereas on the material plane, they're still very powerful by default. You know, I just prefer a more level playing field. To be fair, I mean, we all fell for it, so you're not the only one feeling a little foolish. Well, I suppose as long as you're not all laughing behind my back, then it shouldn't be too much of a problem then. It's not exactly a laughing matter. Understandable. I... There's plenty of other things to laugh at you about, not this. Oh really, like what? I, I don't think we have all night, Henry. Besides, I shouldn't have been so standoffish. How have you been with that Achaean being absent. What do you mean? I know the two of you were close and have done some travelling together before encountering Orcs and myself and being hired and whatnot and... Kian and I didn't travel together, necessarily. He was working at the Sunflower Inn. That's... I was staying there for some weeks, that's all. I mean, the important part right now in this moment with this conversation is uh, your well-being. I don't think I've really done a very good job of checking in on all of that. I'm more concerned about Kian's well-being, but I appreciate your concern. You know, it's hard to save someone else from drowning if you're drowning yourself, so be sure. <laughs> Say, Henry, do you think it's rude to try and summon someone else's familiar? just wondered what your opinion on the matter is. I think it would depend on your relationship with the person who's familiar you're trying to summon. For example, if you were to summon it from, I don't know, say an aunt who hates your guts, uh, probably not the best uh, course of action. Uh, this is entirely hypothetical. They might not mind in the first... What I'm saying is you know the person who you're trying to summon from better than I do. Uh, do you think they'd be upset with you? Do you have an aunt who is upset at you? No. Not at the moment. I don't think she would mind. Then you might as well give it a try, if, if now is the appropriate time. Suppose all we have now is time? When you say summoner familiar, one moment, do you mean an original cast of a summoning, or do you mean you have an object which allows you to perform a summoning? I suppose I could just show you. He clears out like a little spot around him in the meadow and sits with his journal in front of him 
And if you lean over, you can see it is a scribing of fine familiar. And as he like pours over the notes, you see him look more focused than you've seen him in a while. Like even when he's fighting a monster, he, at one point he even reaches into his bag and glances sidelong at you and shakes his head and pulls out a pair of reading glasses and puts them on just to get a better look. Alright, never done this, so let's see how it works. He sits cross-legged with his earring in his palm and lights a stick of incense and sticks it in the ground as best he can. And you see him immediately try and tune out Henry, sitting there. Henry's not making any noise. Felia has turned around as well during this conversation, watching. Virgil has closed his eyes. He's trying to find a space in his own head where he's not paying attention to the people around him. I don't know if this is rude. I have been told by someone whose opinion I moderately respect that it should not be. I don't even know if this is possible or if you can even hear me, but we're in the Feywild, so perhaps anything is possible. Peony, if you're out there somewhere, alive or not, I would very much like to see you again. And he sits and waits and focuses on the earring and on Peony. You can see behind her closed eyes, the earring glows brightly and feels a little warmer in your hands. Then you hear a voice in your head that you do not recognize. That's mine. Who are you? My name is Virgil Flores. Might I ask your name? You see the the light fades as the magic from your, your earring ebbs away. You don't hear anything else. He puts the earring back on and closes his journal. Well, that is interesting. The fact that it didn't appear to work is interesting. The fact that I think it would have, if not for something interfering. Uh, it didn't look like from the outside that anything interfered. Uh, more of an internal matter then? I believe so. Again, I'm new to this. What exactly happened? Perhaps you could transcribe. I heard a voice in my head. It seems Nico is not Peony's only master. Ah. I never asked much about how Peony came to be, so... You feel a hand land on your shoulder, and Henry, you see, just appear out of supposedly nowhere, a figure standing behind Virgil. His hand on Virgil's right shoulder, clears their throat. You turn around. Yeah, Virgil has like frozen stiff (laughs) and rises to his feet and turns around. You see standing behind you looks almost much like the portrait in Beatrice's Locket, like elf or or tiefling-like, recognizably a a powerful fae. He has a a pale green skin, like a a yellow-green, and tangled dark brown hair that like pulled back sort of haphazardly in with various ties of like wig and vines. 
He looks a bit older, stooped, but still with plenty of strength uh, in, his, in his arms and shoulders. He stands about a foot above you. His robes are tattered, very delicate pinks and purples and greens, but you don't notice that as much as the lion skin mantle that he wears around his neck, the mane almost like a, a hood behind him. And he just looks at Virgil very curiously with a piercing gaze. He smiles. You hear the sound of Ophelia standing up very quickly. He just looks at you. Steps back. Virgil rests his hand on the hilt of his sword, but doesn't draw it. Like I said, my name is Virgil Flores. And you are? I am a tracker for the Spring Court. What are you doing here? We're passing through. I apologize for interrupting your business, but I was unaware that that would be the case. Slowly nods. What is your business here? Henry will stand up to join Virgil. Uh, Virgil, perhaps this would not be the entity with which to be the most standoffish. I thought that was being polite. He has a very formal definition, Henry turns to <laughs> the Fay, of what polite means. It is a pleasure to make your formal acquaintance. You have to forget us, we're simply out here looking for a friend of ours who's been lost, or I suppose I should say taken, really. He was grabbed from us and violently thrust into the Fey Wilds when he is a member of the material plane and definitely cannot survive in here for forever. Uh, we're retrieving him. The tracker nods again as you speak. Then you see his gaze just slip past the two of you to Ophelia and then to Beatrice, who kind of slowly left her trance and slowly sitting up in her bedroll. Ox, do you want to be present for this? Yeah. Ox you is... can have woken up as yeah, this Ox, is going on. Ox is awake in his bedroll. Oh, this is happening. Just like... <laughs> he looks over to you, Beatrice. Is there something you want? Oh, um, like they said, we're searching for a friend. When the sun rises, points sort of northwards down the meadow, towards the beginning of a grove of trees, you can find help there. Oh, thank you very much. He nods. Pleasure making your acquaintance. Nods again. Looks to you kind of questioningly, Virgil, and then shrugs. Turns around. If I might ask... Stops. How exactly did you come into possession of Peony? What? She belonged to a friend of mine. What are you talking about? Are you not the one who interrupted me just now? I am. So why did you stop me? As far as I know, you have no ownership of her. I don't know anyone by the name of Peony. She was a lion. Ah. Nods. Pets the mantle. Familiar without a... I don't know what you would call it. Companion. It's a sad thing. Most of what I hunt... It's more for sport, but this was a... Mercy kill. But she was yours? 
she was her own. She had no companion then. She was beloved. And you would do well to remember that. Turns around and walks away. Sorry, I seem to have missed the first part of that conversation. Are we worried? I think we're past worrying. A past worry in what sort? Virgil just goes and sits by the fire. He doesn't have anything to say. I think Beatrice's bed is probably pretty close to Ox. She'll just kind of like turn to him. Do you think he's all right? Well, whatever that was seems like it was probably pretty upsetting. Henry will come to join their little trio. <laughs> Virgil's just yeah. associating in the yeah. fire. <laughs> fun. Uh, Virgil attempted to uh, summon his friends. Friend? Friends? Familiar. It was a lion, um, and it would seem that uh, our Supreme Court friend uh, killed the familiar that um, Virgil was trying to summon, and so I can only imagine it'd be a rather upsetting uh, course. Oh. Does he do best dealing with that sort of thing alone? Do you think he needs company? He does retreat into himself a little bit. He's at a good sort of retreat. He's still able to focus on the task at hand. Perhaps it might be easier to talk to him after we retrieve Kian. She kind of looks worriedly over. Well, I don't know him that well, so I'll leave that to you. I can take watch now. I guess it's been some time. Ox nods. Yeah, I'm awake. Okay. And uh, do at least keep a little bit of an eye on Kian. I will be as well. Not Virgil, Kian. Virgil. I'd like to. Yeah, <laughs> believe me. I would yeah. love that. We would love to keep an eye on him. Do keep at least a little bit of an eye on Virgil. I will be as well. Just think it's probably best we give him a moment and then approach the topic again. Does he have like a favourite tea or snack? Do you know him at all? Virgil's a very stoic man. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him show any sort of intense passion towards food products whatsoever. Not that he doesn't enjoy them. So what I'm saying is I'm sure any variety that you offer him in a nice manner, I think he likes the companionship more. All right. Um, if you'll excuse me for a second. Looks over towards Ophelia. I feel like I have something I should say real quick. Kind of gets up and goes and sits. I think her instinct, you can see that she's about to sit very close. <laughs> <laughs> She'll stop herself, step back, and sit down. I hope that I didn't strike a chord earlier when you were talking about the family matters, I guess. Um, but that's really why I wanted to come and find you. I was always curious as to why you weren't interested. You left this. She'll rifle through her bag and pull out. It looks like a nice fabric, all white. It's kind of hard to tell what it is. If the two of you are looking, Ophelia just blushes intensely. Why do you have that? Is it bad? It's beautifully made, and maybe that you would like to have it as a keepsake or something. It's kind of just 
picking up dust in a closet somewhere. I found it when I was about ten. They're not really my style anymore. She kind of looks you up and down. I see that now, but I didn't know. I... I... She holds out a hand. I can use the fabric for something. It's really nice fabric. Yes. Good choices. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. She kind of hands it over. Ophelia shakes it out, and you see it's, uh, it's coattails. Like a almost finished, highly embroidered with a, a slightly off-white thread, white coattails. And she sort of looks it over, inspects it, like inspecting her work, and shakes her head as she looks it over. How did you find me? Did you have someone tr- tracking me with this? Well, I asked, I asked Vizia for help to try to find you, and we've been traveling for two months or so, and a lot of it felt like we weren't getting anywhere, but then I met a very nice man. She kind of looks puzzled for a second. Well, now I'm confused about the whole situation because I saw him again, so I'm not sure which one was the real one. The one I met said you eloped. His name's Lachlan. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Did you say we eloped? Wait, how did you see Lachlan? Where? In the woods outside of somewhere. Kind of southeast. Just, how was he? Was he alright? He talked to you. He was very polite. He seemed well enough. A little tired. Right. We didn't elope. To be clear, that was a story. Oh. I thought something was up. Did you elope with anybody? No, I'm afraid that didn't quite work out. And is he a good person? Because we saw a second version of him at the prison, and... Everybody was all very confused. Especially me. He seemed to act a little bit different. Sorry. Um, looks over (laughs) to the two of you. He was at paradise. That is entirely debatable. Okay. What I mean to say is I don't know whether or not that was the actual Lachlan. I mean, it was most likely not our actual Lachlan. He did seem to have some sort of memory similar to, but also was not enticed by the uh, reunion uh, with you, either yourself or Kian. Uh, especially seemed dismissive of your, you and uh, his dear Fawn. Uh, so I don't think it was actually him. He also disappeared into the desert. I mean, literally took what? several meters away from us and then disappeared. Uh, quite literally. Uh, which I don't think is very Lachlan behavior, especially in bright daylight. He's supposed to have a deer. The one I met had a deer. Penny. Yes, I think that was her name. Well, that sounds like him. Also, the storytelling sounds like him. So, okay. They gave you, I don't know, someone in disguise. And you just let him go. You understand what this means, don't you? 
We didn't let him go. Why do you insinuate that we did this on purpose? I did say that I had a spell. I suggested we kill him, but no one would take me up on the offer. Because that's just ridiculous. It's a very direct method. I mean, really, we already know he's an imposter and... I don't know much of anything. So... Your rail line... That's going to be... Sheriff Donners then, Henry. Well, it appears. Perhaps that didn't occur to you in the moment, which I understand. It sounds very confusing. Um, I'm so sorry to hear this news. I know it must be hard for you. But, I mean, it's... going back on a contract with the sheriff certainly sounds like a, a poor business decision. Ophelia, I'm not here to go back on a contract I've made with the sheriff. That's something that needs to be dealt with. The key-in situation came up, and it's been rather at the forefront of my mind, comparative to the business with the whole railroad thing. I'm really quite disconnected from it. It's more of a matter of principle. Oh, I know. I know. I don't blame you, certainly. I mean, I also have been very worried about Kean since hearing, and it's good to hear that you too were concerned, but I am a bit connected to the rail line in my um, line of business sometimes, so... It's good to know that, unfortunately, has been taken away from your hands and put into someone else's. I haven't even gotten back to somewhere yet to confirm whether or not it's actually been transmitted. But really, I this, this is entirely my problem and I don't see why you're making it so much of your business. I mean, you're just a rider on the... It's my business. Not anymore, it sounds like. Ox snickers a little in the background. It wasn't my business anyways. The rail line is good love and good love, not good love and good love and good love. Ophelia nods. <laughs> Do you think they're gonna change the name of the line? I don't know why they wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, once it's changed ownership. But I assume they've changed the paint on the sides of the rail cars. It's just the dawning to somewhere line. It's not like it's the good love and good love line 27 or etc. Maybe they'll get some better food. The food is a... it's been rather dismal, hasn't it? Well, that's entirely Maggie's fault. It's not like it's my doing. Oh. What is Maggie's role on the train, exactly? Engineer? Well, that explains it if you're placing the engineer in charge of food. Hopefully, you know, once the sheriff has it and, you know, things will go a little better next time you ride it. I sure hope so. Or perhaps you could submit a formal complaint to the company instead of someone who hasn't been involved in seven years. We'll see how it goes next time. I wasn't going to blame you for the food. Perhaps you just have poor taste. Now, I think that's very presumptuous of you to assume that I have poor taste. Low standards. Apologies. I haven't had a chance to try the food. I was snubbed the last time I rode the Dawning Somewhere line. I suppose that's true. Well, I'm going to bed. I'll stay up. Keep an eye out. I don't think we have to be necessarily worried about this tracker. Actually sounds rather helpful, but... Oh, the Supreme Court one. Do you have something to say on that matter? Was that one your fiancé or another one? No, it wasn't. My fiancé is part of the Summer Court. Fancy. Yes, very fancy. But... Actually, Henry, in all seriousness, when we do go there, you should show just as much respect to them as you would anyone else, I don't know, above you on any ladder. 
here while we're in their court. If we insult them, it will fuck things up dramatically. Ophelia, you really have to trust my ability to separate my feelings on the summer court from my feelings on the way that you think that my tastes are in regards to anything, really. Right. Good night. <laughs> yes, good night. Apologize if I hurt your feelings in any way. It's all in good fun. It's quite all right. She kind of nods. Virgil stays up. Not for long. Like, he'll go and, like, curl up in a bedroll. Ox sits over kind of by Virgil for a little while before he goes to curl up in his bedroll. Henry, Ox pulls out a little booklet, and by the light of the fire, he starts jotting something down in it. The How's the hand situation? You know, you you look down at your hand once everything quiets down a bit. You don't think it's paranoia anymore. It's definitely growing, spreading up to almost your elbow at this point, just sort of wrapping around. Like a branch coming from the palm. It looks like like bark skin, basically. That same kind of reddish color as the trunks and branches of that forest you're walking through. It's a cool aesthetic. <laughs> you better like it, it's forever. <laughs> Just seems extra myth and... Oh. Go to bed. You all take your watches or go to sleep. You're woken in the morning by rather bright sunlight that rises and shines directly onto this meadow and prepare for your morning at the spring court. And that is where we'll end our session for tonight. Sorry for bullying Henry. Sorry for bullying Henry. <laughs> Are you though?